Welcome to Dream Stories. This is Michael and Lisa French, and we're going to spend some time today talking about dreams. I'm just a Lisa French. I'm just Michael French. Okay. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> Sound like you introduced us as you are Michael and Lisa French. I'm Michael and Lisa French, and I'm here to talk to you about dreams. Good to have a good laugh at the beginning of a an episode where we're going to carry on talking about death and dying and yeah. dead people in dreams. Sort so we need to a, have a laugh at the beginning. Yeah, because this could seem like a, a dark topic to some people. You know, last week's episode has been one of the most popular episodes we have done so far. Almost more people that. listening to it than any of the other episodes. I think our very first episode had a few more people, but it's been out there for three months now. Right. We try to, um, what, release one once one a, a week. week. Yeah. Usually at the end of the week is what's been the... The standard. Yeah, the standard so far, so... Yeah. But we're going to keep talking about the topic of death today, but uh, something had come up and some questions were asked. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about... Um, people dying in dreams, and we were emphasizing the, if you didn't get to listen to that episode, you can go back and hear it, but we're talking about emphasizing the fact that somebody dying in a dream doesn't always mean that person's going to die. Yes. Matter of fact, most of the time it doesn't mean that. But then the topic came up, but what about when you have dead people who show up in your dreams like they're alive? Yeah, like people who have already crossed over, passed on, appear in a dream gone to be with jesus yes gone to be with jesus sometimes you know they're talking sometimes they're not talking but a lot of times they represent a message or sometimes there's a directive from them and that can be kind of a scary thing for those who are um not first of all don't like that or think that it could be wrong or borderline talking about necromancy that sort of thing. Um, well, it's, it's one of the reasons I sometimes, as a dream interpreter, as a Christian and a dream interpreter, I sometimes get accused of being engaging in occult activity because we're not supposed to interpret dreams. And if dead people show up in them, it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, I used to think that. So, yeah. you know, I really did. I thought, oh, how can I stop this? Because it was happening, you know, several times a year. So, I remember, I think you had a dream. Uh, where somebody who was dead showed up in your dream, and you were terrified one time when we were with our, our mentor doing a class or something. Yeah, that, that freaks you out really bad. Well, yeah. So, well, let's just talk about that. That was kind of an interesting uh, thing. It was really something that it wasn't just really about that it scared me, but it also changed. Uh, really, ch- I would say it was kind of a life changing experience for me. Really. So basically, we have a friend who is a former Trappist monk, uh, worked in Bolivia and um, uh, worked all over, but also um, was a, uh, a hermit monk as well. So just spent a lot of uh, time. Alone time. A lot of alone time, in the, and that's why it's called a hermit In the monk. deserts, or the, not deserts, I, I, I was thinking about desert fathers, but, but they because do, that's what he studied. But in the wilderness is. of Bolivia, that's where he spent yes. time, I think. Yeah, and he, I think he also did it in some other places, too, as well. So, But either way, yeah, he was limited on how much he could talk, you know, and it, it's just really interesting. Anyway, All of which has nothing to do with your dream. No, it but. doesn't, but basically, um, he is a former Catholic priest, and, you know, I, I grew up Protestant, 
and uh, a good Protestant because we didn't go to church every Sunday. <laughs> but, you know, we sure were taught, you know, don't talk to dead people. You know, that was pretty pretty strict in our our cultural, Christian culture. You know, you just didn't talk to dead people. Yeah, well, you know, before we go into your dream, we probably should stop there making that statement because that's important. We might lose some people before they ever get to hear what we're talking right. about if we don't stop there for a minute. The biblical prohibition for Christians against talking to dead people is based on the concept of necromancy. Right. The idea that you seek out the dead for an answer. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference between seeking out the dead to get something from them and God allowing a person who's dead or the metaphor, the, what they represent to show up in your dream, or actually sometimes the person to show up in your dream, yeah. or even sometimes just an encounter with them. Right. There's a big difference between the two. And sometimes people get caught up in a prohibition in Scripture but because of a single mm-hmm. or two or three verses, but don't read and look at the big picture. Right. So if you're out there and you're thinking, we've lost our mind talking about this topic, let me just say we're not talking about necromancy. We're talking about encounters, either in a dream, as a metaphor, in a dream, and it being the person actually there, or an encounter, a supernatural encounter of some kind, that do involve people who are deceased, though. Right. And the, just to, for those who are really picky on this topic, and I don't mean that bad, I just mean... It's, it's, that it's it a really, struggle it's a for struggle. them, or conviction. Yeah. yeah, it's a hard topic. Yes, there, the, the, I'll point you to a couple of scriptures to look at that show you that it's not only related to a prohibition. One of them uh, is actually when, um, let's see, when King Saul went to see the witch of Endor, and he went for wrong reasons to the wrong person, and he was asking to speak to Samuel. He's wanting to conjure up the dead. He wanted to conjure up the dead. He was absolutely pursuing necromancy, right. a prohibited act. But he got freaked out, and so did the witch, because Samuel, the real Samuel, actually showed up instead of a demon. Right. And so God used even his pursuit of the wrong thing mm-hmm. to convey something to him, to tell him something. That's not the best example because he's pursuing things for the wrong reason. And it's also an Old Testament example. So for our Christians out there who listen in, if you're not a Christian, this may not bother you that much. But right. if you're a Christian and listening in, let me take you over to the New Testament and pick out another example. And we don't have time to talk about this whole topic, but just to give you a heads up and a place to start looking to be a Berean and think about it You know, uh, uh, is when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration and he has a nice conversation with two people who we could say were dead. Yeah. Uh, Moses and Elijah. Now some people will say, wait a minute, Moses, you know, Elijah wasn't dead. He, you know, he got caught up in the whirlwind and, and he was not dead. But Elijah was dead because Satan and Michael, the archangel, had a dispute over his body after he died. Over Moses' Over Moses' mm-hmm. body. So mm-hmm. Jesus is having a conversation with them. That's not necromancy, or else we might as well throw out the New Testament. Yeah. And so there is a distinction between the two. So not our, that distinction is not as much our topic today as the dreams are. But if I didn't say that, I think people yeah. might 
Well, you and I you were talking. Yeah, we were talking about this last week. It's like how do you how do you approach the subject that for some people is very sensitive and it's not always easy. We're not out to try to change your viewpoint on things. Honestly, we're not, but we are sharing what we have learned because yeah, what we've learned and what we've experienced. Because I come from that vein of belief. You know, I I, I grew up a cessationist. You know, I didn't know I was, but I was. You know, and then when somebody told me I was, I'm like, no, I'm not. And then we began to discuss it, and I realized, oh. I probably was, you know, but sometimes things happen in life and maybe you're going to have a dream that changes your life and you're going to be like, okay, God does speak through dreams, you know, so we're just laying a foundation for you. If it's something you like and something, you know, that speaks to you or even if it doesn't listen, listen to the end, go all the way to the end, listen to the whole thing. You, you will learn who we are and where we're coming from. We're not weirdos. We may be on, on the edge of what some people would say. That's weird. I just said we weren't weirdos, and I said people would say that's weird. But, you we know, may be weird. I don't know. So. You know, we're covenant people, yeah. you know? Well, the, anyway. key is, the key is, even if you don't agree, yeah. take it as a challenge to dig in and study for yourself we, and learn and grow. You that's said be a key. Berean, and that's one of your favorite things. And, and the Bereans were those who, when, when uh, disciples came and tried to tell them or teach them something, they said, we appreciate what you're saying, but we're going to go and research it and search it out for ourselves. And it wasn't until a few days later when they'd had a chance to do that, they said, oop, you're right, yeah. we believe. And we even encourage people to do that. You know, just because we say something doesn't mean you need to take it at... Hey, we could get it wrong. We could. I'm rarely wrong, but... <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, yeah. get back to your drink. Okay, so. So, so we have this friend. He's a former Catholic priest. That's a whole other sub- subject, you know. But uh, we're not Catholic. But, you know, we were trying... We were, we were actually studying Desert Fathers at the time. We were studying Lectio Divina. We were studying listening to the divine one and which is latin listening for the divine one and so we're studying this and we we meet this man we become friends with him he was coming to a pastoral luncheon that we went to uh, i think it was a weekly basis at the time and he was coming and we got to know each other and he you know had come out of the catholic church was was in uh, i think uh maybe the episcopal or somewhere i don't remember where Anglican, I think yeah it was. okay so we said you know would you want to come and teach a class for us here uh, we were in a an equipping type ministry at the time and he said sure so we came we were having a conversation one day and, we're, and the subject came up about praying to mary and i was like well you know father wilson this is where you and i we probably differ in part ways i don't see any need to pray to mary and all this stuff and, and he, not just mary but to any of the to any you know saints. saints yeah and i uh, said so this is where protestants struggle you know this is where we begin to go okay this is where we really are different in our beliefs and he goes you know i don't think we really are all that different and i'm like no we are we surely are and he was like no nah, i really don't think we are but he just listened so patiently and then you know i was telling him you know why do you need to pray to a saint uh, why do you need to do that? Uh, he goes, well, yeah, tell me why. I said, I don't know why I wouldn't. I, I don't have no need to. I have, I can ask Jesus. I can ask Jesus and he will, he will, you know, heal me or whatever I need. He answers. And he goes, yeah, but you don't ask just Jesus to pray for you, do you? And I said, well, no, I mean, I, he goes, so you, so you would ask a friend? And I said, well, sure. He goes, so if you were sick, you would ask a friend. You would ask someone you know or someone at the church. You might even ask someone you had never met before in a meeting to possibly pray for you, correct? And I said, yes, I would. He goes, why? Be- because they're alive, right? And I said, that's right. He said, so what you're saying to me is that all the saints are dead. 
And I well, said, you can't ask them to pray with you. I said, well, they died, and I just think it's wrong to talk to them. And he goes, so to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Is that not true? And I said, oh, yeah, it is. He goes, so you believe to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, so that when you die, you immediately go to be with the Father. I said, yes. I said, but I know Catholics don't believe that. He goes, well, he said, we just don't believe that once you die that you're dead. You may have left this world as we know it, but we also believe that you're with the Father. Because God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Yes. Yeah. So when he said all that to me, it really caused a dilemma for me, but I left out of there. Which is a whole nother topic, (laughs) and we haven't gotten your dream yet. Yeah. So here's (laughs) the topic. So I go home. Just to wrap that up, it was a good conversation because he was saying, don't pray to the saint yeah you asked him to agree with you that's in true prayer. i left that part out just, just so we he don't said, leave that hanging that's right so. he did he said that and, yeah. and he said you know look we don't pray to them well, now there may be some who do but but historically what we're supposed to do is really ask for them to be in agreement for us or ask them to intercede for us and i was like okay it would just blew my mind i still didn't understand it you know but I go home, went to bed that night, had a dream, and I saw him the next day. And um, he said, uh, how are you? I said, I'm fine. I had something really interesting last night happen. He said, what? I said, well, I know this is really weird, but I had a dream that the Pope came to me. And he and I were in a like basilica overlooking him lying in state. So this is a Pope. Who had died. And so actually, it was Pope John Paul II had literally died and passed away. And people were, thousands of people were coming through the basilica and viewing his body. Now, I didn't know. I wasn't looking at the news and watching this happen. I just knew it was happening. So I told him, I said, I had this, this dream that he came to me. And, and John Paul II said, Look, look at what they're doing to me. And I looked down, and his body, he was talking to me, but his body was down, you know, in the basilica. And it was like, we had a. You're talking to a dead person. Yeah. In your dream. Well, yeah. Okay. So I'm looking down. I said, What are they doing? He goes, Well, do you see that my body fluids are draining out of my body because I've been laying there for so long? And he said, I don't like that. I don't like how they're kind of worshiping me. I don't like that. And I said, oh, and that was kind of the end of the dream. So I was telling Father Wilson that. He goes, now, we're teaching on the dreams at this time. He's not. And he looks at me. He goes, my beloved, that was not a dream. You had communion with a saint. I was like, Father Wilson, you do not believe that the Pope came to just to talk to me. He said, all I'm saying is you had communion with a saint. And it really... Um, it was life changing for me. Well, part of that was because it was a really interesting thing that it occurred. Was, yes, because you didn't, you were not aware of the Catholic tradition for how they treat the bodies yeah. of the deceased popes. So what happened? Yeah. So that? the conversation went on, and he said, um, "He said, I believe, you know, that that your encounter was real." And I, he said, "As a matter of fact, he said, did you know?" that they do not embalm the Pope's body. He said, so So what happened was to confirm for you that God does have and that communion with the saints are real is that he gave you an, a, a fact that is true 
that you did not know? Because I had no idea they did not embalm the Pope. And so he was lying in state yes. with his body fluids leaking out. And he, he was said not that embalmed. would actually be happening. That is an actual truth. That would be happening in yep. that moment. So it was, uh, and the other thing that was beautiful is he was saying, the Pope was saying, look, I don't agree with everything that, you know, is happening here. They're worshiping me, and I don't want them to. Yeah, and if you look at that dream from a metaphorical standpoint, that dream is a metaphor for saying not all the traditions of the Catholic Church are godly. Now, just by the way, and not all, all are bad. Not all are bad either. For all my Protestant friends out there, and my Catholic friends who may be listening to this, that's not a criticism no, it's of not. the Catholic Church because not all the traditions of the Baptist Church are godly, <laughs> or the Methodist, or the that's Anglican, right. or the Charismatic and Pentecostal. Yes. We put a lot of our own stuff into. Our faith sometimes it becomes religion instead of relationship. I mean, look, if Jesus came back right now and it was a Sunday, which church would he go to? <laughs> he would probably just be out in a park somewhere, <laughs> you know. Say, hey, everybody, bread. come come to me. Fish and chips. You know, I mean, look, I think if we have to have some form of unity within the church, and the Scripture says Jesus will not return until there's unity, until we've come to the fullness of the measure of the faith, and we're nowhere near that. Yeah, you know, I love the fact that your dream had a great metaphorical interpretation, which is which basically was Lisa recognized that everything the Catholic Church doesn't do does is not right, but everything they do is not wrong either. Yeah, and there are godly people within the Catholic Church community who pursue their faith righteously yes. and rightly. That yes. was a powerful message to you because you had just been arguing, so to speak, yeah. debating. I was. The, you know, something that you said is wrong, wrong. Yeah. When in reality, it, it may be applied wrongly by some yes. or by maybe even the majority. And I maybe don't know. just misunderstood. Or you it know? may just be misunderstood yes. and, and, and things. We, we ha- and it, it gave you an ability to view others of faith in a different way and so there's a beautiful metaphor in Mm -hmm. that dream but it also was an encounter an experience where you had to deal with a message that was direct from in this case the pope that says (laughs) there's not a lot of interpretation of that he said some of the things they're doing are wrong Yes, and it really wasn't like a dream. It. I want the focus to be on Jesus, right. not on me. That's right. That's what he was saying. And, you know, there are different tenets in our faith um, that we don't quite fully understand. You know, the Scripture says that sometimes we look through uh, things dimly. We don't see the full picture of something, right? So we don't fully understand exactly how grace works. There's grace, but we don't need to take a license with grace, but there's still more grace, you know? There's faith. We need to believe in healing, but sometimes healing is people going home to be with Jesus. I mean, there's there's so many that we could not probably, if we had a thousand Christians in the room, we would, none of us would come to the same exact belief on every single one of those tenets. But that allows you to focus on the core pieces, who is the focus supposed to be on? Not on man, but on God, on Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's part of what that message was. Focus on the part that matters. The real core of faith is what was really important. So. Yeah, and, and and it kind of demystified things for me. Whereas I kind of I was standing in judgment of many Catholics who were who possibly prayed to Mary, prayed to you know Saint Luke, whatever, and. Um, 
I was judging them. Now, I'm not well, saying... it didn't mean you didn't love the people, it, but it meant you had a judgment in your mind yeah. that affected your relationships. Even if it was a, a, a distant effect, it still affected your relationships. Well, I think it's probably the same way that some people look at us. Sure. I just thought, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. And But it, if, I had, if I had not, if I was not willing to have that conversation with him, I don't believe I would be who I am today, which I feel like I'm... I know more. I believe I have uh, that rev- more revelation has come because of that conversation. Well, we need to be changed, open to that. Yeah, and it hasn't changed our belief no. that praying to a saint, like asking them to do something for you that is God's role to do, is not right. But asking them to agree with you, while it's not something I do, I can't say that there's a biblical prohibition against it. If I don't have a problem asking show you, me that. right? If I don't have a problem asking you to pray for me because I'm sick, you're not dead. I shouldn't have a problem asking someone who is with the Lord. I'm not saying I do. It's still not within my shouldn't practice. Shouldn't have a problem with someone who does that right, in the right way. Right. That is their part of their faith, and they, that's something they cling to. I don't have a problem with that anymore, whereas I used to. Yeah. So, so that was, in many ways, that was a dream that was a self-conditioned dream. Yes. That caused you to look within yourself and say, this is judgment, right. and I need to deal with it. But was it a dream? Well, that's the point. That's an interesting thing because, you know, did it need interpretation? Part of it did, part of it didn't. Right. And that's the beautiful thing, I think, about dreams. Daniel in, in the Old Testament is a great picture of that. You know, I think there's some times when Daniel says there was a dream within a vision and visions within dreams and dreams and visions and dreams in dreams and God does it the way he wants to. Yeah. We can never lock it down and say it always looks like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because, you know, that reminds me, I had an experience that I'm pretty confident wasn't a dream, but it happened at night, but I know I was awake. But you, you were asleep and you woke I up. I was asleep and I woke up. And what happened? Well, we had been going through, you know, you remember we went through a really rough time uh, as a church. I was a pastor. Our, we were going through a really, really rough time, and and some of it related to uh, some family and some loss in the family. And uh, my mother had been not handling well the loss of her mom. And in the middle of that, I had to go to Europe to teach on dreams, on hearing God, actually. And the first part of my trip was in England. The second part of it was in Switzerland. And while I was in England staying with a friend in sort of a downstairs room, I'm laying in bed, having adjusted a jet lag. So I don't know, the wee hours of the morning or late in the night, I don't remember where it was. It was the middle of the night sometime. I'm awake, boom, just completely, totally eyes open awake. Uh, And in that moment... The door to the room I'm staying in opens up, and someone starts to walk in. I'm thinking, what was he doing wandering in on me in the middle of the night? You know, I'm thinking, you know, what's going on? And in walks my grandmother, who's now been deceased for three or four months. It might be a little bit longer than that. It just kind of blew me away because, I mean, I didn't look just like her. looked just like she did when she was right before she passed away. I mean... Identical. I mean, I, there was no question. It was her. She walks up to my bed. She looks down at the side of the bed. She says, 
I'm sorry for what you're going through. It'll take three and a half years to complete. She turns around. She walks out of the room. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And what was that? Was that a dream? Well, you know what? Listen, you are a very lucid dreamer, experiencer, extraordinaire. I can just tell you because, you know, and you would probably say the same about me, but I have been in the room well, with I'll you. I'll let you know when somebody walks in the room. Yes, oh, look at her. Exactly. But, but you then immediately fall. It's almost when like you you're in a trance. It's almost there. like you're in a trance sometimes. But, you know, you'll wake up. And you'll be, and you'll sit up, and you'll look around, and you'll say, "What is that? What is that?" You know, and then you'll fall back asleep, and I'm like, "I'm you still, I'm still shaking," because I'm like, "What was it? Was was?" <laughs> we've gotten in arguments over that before. I oh, get you've so woken mad me at back me. up and, and and practically slapped me over it. Well, so. we know when you wake somebody up in the jungle of Africa and tell them that their child is dead, and then you turn over and go back <laughs> to sleep. That's oh, kind of unnerving. So. That's probably a story for another time. Yeah, but I, that was sad. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. We'll talk about so, lucid dreaming in the future. I yeah, think that's yeah, really but, good. But either way, let's just say you, you it was one of those experiences, whether you're wide awake or not, or whether you were in one of those lucid experiences. You had some type of a visitation, whether it was in a dream, outside of a dream, whatever. It doesn't really matter. When, when we There's move over to the spiritual world, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to distinguish what's a dream, what's a vision, what's reality, what's a supernatural encounter. And sometimes I think we get so hung up on terminology, we don't just experience what's happening and, and we uh you worry about it. so in one sense it really doesn't matter what it was but that nothing needed to be interpreted there it was very clear there's she a was rough just telling you time. there's a time we were in the middle of yeah. a rough time and and i was able to hold on and get through the the hardest parts of that season in our life why because she told me it's going to end. It's not something permanent. This is not something to take personal. This is not something that's going to yeah. be devastating. Yeah. It's just a process you're in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though we might would have liked for it to have been over quicker, her saying there was a timeline there and, and kind of saying, look, you will be okay at the end of this. It's going to take some time to get through, but you'll be okay. And so... He used someone who you trusted in the dream, who was not involved in all of the stuff, you know. Right. And it was beautiful, and, and I, I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, I think about, too, sometimes there's someone who shows up to tell us something. Sometimes there's, you know, someone to give us a timeline or whatever. And I think about, you know, my mom showed up in a dream. It wasn't like a visitation or anything. She was just in the dream. She wasn't talking very much, but she did say something. I can't remember what it was, but whatever it was that she said she was letting us know within my family there was someone who was uh, possibly being uh, just not not given uh, attention to or something like that you know she was just kind of cluing there were several relatives in the dream and I knew who it was about and so I was like okay it told me that I needed to pray for that person my mother gave us an indication who who was the grandmother of one of her grandchildren you know she was like this is happening. I was aware in the dream that this was happening. So a lot of times it's just to reveal something, you know. And I think when this occurs and it's kind of that message concept or the deceased person is conveying something in the dream, particularly when it's somebody we're close to, there's a real emphasis. You pay attention to it. Now let me caution folks. Don't go looking for that. Yes. This is not something you go and say, oh, well, oh, uh, you know, my, my mom died a, a month ago and I didn't get to say some things to her and I didn't get to, or I didn't get to make things right with my dad. So now I want to visit with her. I'm going to have a visit from him. <laughs> no, now God may open that door, 
but it's not something you go looking for or demanding of God or even really, honestly, even asking God for. That's in his sovereign prerogative. I don't think Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration because he decided he wanted to meet with Moses and Elijah. He went there because he only did what he heard his he only did what he saw his father doing and only said what he heard his father saying according yeah. to the word of God. And so he went there because God the Father told him to go mm-hmm. there for that encounter. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we have to approach that kind of yeah. thing. It can't be something we look for. You know, we're hurting so much sometimes when we lose someone. You know, I can remember losing my dad and thinking, oh, dad, oh, I just wanted him to come see me in a dream. I asked God to let him come see me in a dream. And, and he did, you know, but I could see There's how. Grace there and, is, know. but I could see how I could get it. I could have gotten caught up in that. Thankfully, I didn't, you know, but I was hurting and needed him near me so much. And that's why we have to be careful. Yeah. It's because sometimes we're in those places of pain and we have to be careful that we don't get drawn into something that's going to be devastating and destructive for us long term yes. by drawing us away from the focus on our, on, on God and yeah. to the focus on people. Yeah. The Pope, uh, yeah. the family member, the friend, whoever. Right. Right. This is the thing to judge, judge, you know, as Christians, this is the thing you judge your dreams by. If it doesn't point you to, to God, it doesn't point you to Jesus, then there's probably a problem with it. And mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it doesn't have meaning, mm-hmm. that you can't find things. We've talked about dark mm-hmm. dreams at times, but yeah. it doesn't mean it's not there, but it's, it's just it's something to be careful with and be cautious yeah. with. Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah. So I think our time's almost up today. So Do um, you want to tell people about how they can learn more about dreams? Yeah, if you want to know more, and particularly because we've talked about a hard topic today, you may want to see more of who we are and, and what we believe. You can visit our website at www.mydreamstories.com. You'll see uh, there, there are videos about dream symbols. There are the podcasts, uh, the history, you know, the, the the whole series of podcasts are available there. Uh, prior to the beginning of the podcast, there's uh, blog articles there. This gives you a better feel for who we are and what we see. And if, you, if you're if you learning, if you're growing uh, from listening to these podcasts, then, you know, uh, feel free to uh, help us by praying for us. By yes. uh, click, You can click the donate button and help us support what we're doing. Uh, but also share these things. If you're hearing this through Facebook, click the share button. Let Get it out there for people. To mm-hmm. know about. Make a comment. Let us know you're there and that mm-hmm. it's beneficial to that you. That it's helped Ask you. a question if you need to. We might try and get to it on a podcast. I might, yes. I might even find the time to type an answer sometimes. That's right. So That's right. I'm not real good at that. You're but. quite busy with that. But, yep, but sometimes you're a one-man person doing it, you yeah, know. But, but it's uh, just, just find out more about what we're doing and, and be a part of it. So, yes. We look forward to hearing from you. We do. And until next time, it, our time's up, so we'll let you go, and we'll see you soon. Yeah.